today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. When the Word of God is in direct opposition to my feelings, that my feelings don't win out. Oh, I, I don't feel like it. <laughs> okay, never mind. It's the Word of God, but I, I just don't feel like it. Okay, okay. You're not feeling it. Because I guess we live by feelings and not by faith. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Jeremiah. Just because you feel like something is right doesn't mean it is. It might feel good to drink, do drugs, or have premarital sex, but that doesn't mean it's right. In today's message, Pastor J.D. is going to remind you that God doesn't care about what feels good to you. His word is written to protect your heart and guard your soul. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Jeremiah chapter 27 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Verse 11. Here it is again. The nations that bring their necks under the yoke of the king of Babylon and serve him, I will let them remain in their own land, says the Lord, and they shall till it and dwell in it. What? Okay, Jeremiah, listen, I love you, man. You always know what's coming after someone says, you know, I love you. You know, there's a but, but. I love you, but, Jeremiah, I love you, but, come on. You're actually prophesying in the name of the Lord a word from the Lord that we're going to be under the yoke of the king of Babylon. And I've got all these other guys over here telling me the exact opposite. Who's right? And, and not only am I, I'm so confusimicated, but to make matters worse, to add insult to injury, what you're telling me doesn't make any sense at all. I'm having a really hard time wrapping my mind around what you're saying being from the Lord. That doesn't sound right to me. It seems like the opposite would be true, that God would not want us to be under the yoke of the king of Babylon. And that's what they're telling us. That seems more amicable to me, more plausible to me. What you're telling me, man, that's, that's hard to really grasp and accept and wrap my mind around. Dare I say that this could be said of our day concerning those who prophesy a lie? Well, what do you mean, Pastor? Well, hmm, things that make you go, hmm. You don't have to look too far to find somebody that will tell you basically, not verbatim, but basically almost word for word, what these dreamers, soothsayers, <laughs> sorcerers, prophets were saying. Now, come on. 
It's not going to happen. You're not, judgment's not coming. Just relax. I know Jeremiah's over here saying, hey, this is it. It's game over. This is how it ends. And then all of these other guys are saying, no, that's not how it's going to end. This is the end. Don't listen to that guy. The Lord's not coming. The rapture's not happening. I mean, everybody thought the rapture was going to be in their lifetime. And yet, (laughs) as Peter, can't wait till we get there. Hopefully it's before the rapture. Well, it doesn't matter. Actually, I wouldn't mind at all if the rapture happened before we got to that passage. But he basically says this is another prophecy, actually, about mockers who will come scoffing and ridiculing you concerning the Lord's return. He's not coming. Everybody, yeah, everything goes on as it always has. And where's the promise of His coming? Now you're one of those. And we are met with scorn and scoffing and mocking and ridiculing. You know what I say? Bring it on, man. In fact, I love it when you do that, because you're actually fulfilling the very prophecy that you're mocking me about. Because I'm told that in the last days there would be an increase of people like you mocking people like me for believing the Word of God. This is the Word of God. And it's going to come. And it's going to happen. And God said it, and that settles it. And by the way, I need to parenthetically say, just bear with me, because I mentioned this a couple weeks ago in the Prophecy Update. And I'm going to say this as lovingly and as kindly and as humbly as I possibly can. I'm not going to let you rob me of the excitement that I have that the trumpet can sound at any time. You can try, but it ain't going to happen. Because I'm excited, and if you tell me, chill out, calm down, well, I won't tell you what I'm <laughs> I'll pray for you. You just don't want to know how I'm going to pray for you. Don't do that. The Apostle Paul writing to Timothy said, I'm about, my days are numbered, and they were. I finished the race, I fought the good fight, and you know what awaits me, and I can't wait. So excited because what awaits me is a crown of righteousness. And here's the thing, not just me, but you too. Me? Yeah. Those who long ache, yearn, watch for His appearing. Now notice, appearing is not second coming. That's the rapture. He doesn't come to the earth. He appears and takes us out of this world. That's the rapture. That's the blessed hope. That's her only hope. And you you want to steal? Sounds to me like the enemy who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. What does Satan want to steal? Your car? He has no use for your car, especially your car, my car. You could, in fact, I have a note down there, mine. I was, it's a joke, but you know, I have a note. Dear thief, thank you so much for stealing this thing. I'll just collect the insurance and get something nicer. God bless you. (laughs) Never mind. Like I said, it was a joke, but 
sort of. But uh, he doesn't want to steal your car. He doesn't want to steal your credit card. He doesn't want to steal anything. What does he want to steal? Your joy, the joy of your salvation, your hope. He wants to rob you of your hope and joy, because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Nehemiah 8.11. So he wants to weaken you and depress you and oppress you. He cannot possess you. But that doesn't mean he won't try to oppress you and depress you and discourage you. You know what the most powerful tool Satan has in his toolbox? As one cleverly quipped, the most powerful tool, it's a power tool, it's the tool of discouragement. It's his most powerful tool. Man, when he pulls that thing out, this is his most powerful tool, discouragement. Get a Christian discouraged, because it's not long left unchecked that discouragement will give way to despair. And when he can get a Christian discouraged and in despair, man, he's got him. He's got him. That's what he wants to steal. You can't steal my joy and excitement. Yeah, keep mocking me. You go ahead. God's going to have the final word. And by the way, God laughs. God's got a great sense of humor. (laughs) Just look at yourself in the mirror. If you ever doubt that, you'll know God's got a great sense of humor. Verse 12, I also spoke to Zedekiah, this is that puppet king of Judah, according to all these words, saying, Bring your necks under the yoke of the king of Babylon, and serve him and his people, and live. That's a paradox. Why will you, verse 13, die, you and your people, by the sword, by the famine, and by the pestilence, as the Lord has spoken? Now this is very important, and it's going to come into play in a moment. This was the Word of God. God said it, that settled it. As the Lord has spoken against the nation that will not serve the king of Babylon. Verse 14. Therefore, do not listen to the words of the prophets who speak to you, saying, you shall not serve the king of Babylon. Wait a minute, what'd you say? I will not serve the king of Babylon? Wait, God just said that I will serve the king of Babylon. Now that's shaman. For they prophesy a lie to you. For I have not sent them, verse 15, says the Lord, yet they prophesy a lie in my name, that I may drive you out, and that you may perish, you and the prophets who prophesy to you. Wow. I mean, just, (laughs) can we just pause for a moment here and consider this. They were listening to them. That's why God is commanding Jeremiah to say to them, do not listen to their words. Listen to God's word. God already told you, why are you listening to them? Oh, you you don't like what God's saying? You want to get a second opinion on this thing? Like, you know, I, I, I'm kind of not 
really feeling the whole yoke of the king of Babylon thing, and kind of not really feeling it. You're not feeling it. Sorry. Well, that's the Word of God. Oh, I'm sorry, excuse me. I, oh, I beg your pardon. I, are we living by feelings now, or faith? Are we walking by feelings, or by faith? Remember, ask Jacob and mom how that worked out for them, working on feelings with their dad, his dad Isaac. He relied on his feelings. He felt the arms of what he thought was Esau, but he was deceived. It wasn't Esau, it was Jacob. He couldn't see, he felt. He made a decision, a very far-reaching decision, by the way, one for which we see play out in the Middle East, even to this day, based solely on his feelings. And he even says, the words I hear are Jacob, but the feelings I feel, the smell I smell, and the taste I taste is Esau. And he made the decision to give him the blessing, based on that. He went against the word that he heard. Maybe I need to take it just one step further. Would to God, and I'll include myself in this, that when the Word of God is in direct opposition to my feelings, that my feelings don't win out. Oh, I, I don't feel like it. <laughs> okay, never mind. It's the Word of God, but I, I just don't feel like it. Okay, okay. You're not feeling it. Because I guess we live by feelings, and not by faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence, strong word, of that which is yet unseen. Well, I need to keep moving. Verse 16, also, I spoke to the priests and to all this people, saying, Thus says the Lord, do not listen to the words of your prophets who prophesy to you, saying, Behold, the vessels of the Lord's house will now shortly be brought back from Babylon, for they prophesy a lie to you. Do not listen to them. Serve the king of Babylon and live. Why should this city be laid waste? But, verse 18, if they are prophets, and if the word of the Lord is with them, let them now make intercession to the Lord of hosts, that the vessels which are left in the house of the Lord, in the house of the king of Judah and at Jerusalem, do not go to Babylon. For thus says the Lord, verse 19 of hosts, concerning the pillars, concerning the sea, concerning the carts, and concerning the remainder of the vessels that remain in this city, which Nebuchadnezzar, verse 20, king of Babylon, did not take, when he carried away captive Jeconiah, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, from Jerusalem to Babylon, and all the nobles of Judah and Jerusalem. Yes, verse 21, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, concerning the vessels that remain in the house of the Lord, and in the house of the king of Judah and of Jerusalem, they shall be carried to Babylon, 
and there they shall be until the day that I visit them, says the Lord. Then I will bring them up and restore them to this place. Okay, what's this talking about? The uh, vessels in the temple. Apparently, understand now, there were three times that Nebuchadnezzar came and took the Jews captive to Babylon, and took with him some of the vessels from the temple. And here they're saying, these false prophets, oh, no, we're going to get the vessels back. Eh, We're not going to be taken captive into Babylon. And not only are we not going to be taken captive into Babylon, we're going to actually take our country back, take our vessels back, take our people back from Babylon. And here's Jeremiah going, uh, no, that's not what God said. Well, that's what they said. And you listen to what they say, because you like what they say more better. So, but it's not true. They're not. In fact, if you guys are really prophets, and what you're speaking is really of the Lord, then don't pray that the vessels come back. Pray that you keep what's still left. How about that? Well, I didn't think about that. Of course you didn't think about that. Sorry, I'm not mad at them. I just, this is crazy. They're, think about this. They are, they are saying everything that is absolutely diametrically opposed to what God said. I mean, you cannot get more polar opposite than this. God just got done saying, they're going to take the vessels from the temple to Babylon. They're going to take captive the people to Babylon. You're going to be under the yoke of the king of Babylon. And here's these prophets, and we're about to be introduced to one in particular. This guy is some kind of special, as they say. (laughs) And it doesn't end well for him, spoiler alert. But they were saying the exact opposite. God said, you're going to be under the yoke of the king of Babylon. They, they said, you're not going to be under the yoke of the king of Babylon. God said, they're going to take captive the people to Babylon. They said, no, we're not going to be taken captive by the king of Babylon, to Babylon. And you know, you're kind of looking at them like, um, they already did. Yeah, I know. So <laughs> we're going to take them back. Well, wait a minute. God just got done saying that you're not going to take them back actually. And in fact, whatever's left on that third and final time, Nebuchadnezzar has finally just had it. He said, let's just get this done. We need to close the file on this. And I mean, he just takes everything. And no, he's not going to take everything. (laughs) Yes, he is. No, he's not. Yes, he is. No, he's not. Yes, he is. No, he's not. Well, There's a powerful principle here, and it's not so easily seen at first read. And this is what I maybe was waiting to say, because it doesn't matter what they say. Well, so-and-so said, I don't care. Yeah, I know, I know, Jeremiah said this, but they say, who are they? You know, I want to meet they sometime. I'm just waiting for that day when somebody introduces themselves and says, my name is they. You're they. You're, everyone, everyone talks about you. They say, you know, who's they? They say, 
I don't care what they say. What, oh, oh, I'm sorry again. I'll, I beg your pardon. You'll forgive me. I, uh, I must not have gotten the memo that they have the final word. And, oh, if they said it, well then, hey, that settles it, right? Because they said it. So-and-so said it. Ooh, ooh, <laughs> ooh, three times. <laughs> oh, oh, excuse me. Yeah, oh, I, I'm sorry. Um, God said this, but they said that. Okay. Because apparently, if they say it, that's the final word. They're the final authority. Ooh, I just, again, last time, ooh, last time. I, I would not want to be they who say with authority, well, what do you have to say? Well, I'm so glad you asked. You know, picture the, <laughs> I don't care what you have to say. I want to know what does God say? Well, I don't like what God says. Well, tough. I like what he says better. Fine, go ahead. See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. Okay, I'm done. That's It gets better, by the way, verse 1, chapter 28. Now this, <laughs> this happened in the same year. We don't know how much time has elapsed, but apparently Jeremiah is still wearing this yoke. I hope he's not going to bed with this thing, trying to sleep with it on. I hope he just puts it on in the morning when he goes out to prophesy. But it happened, verse 1, in the same year, at the beginning of the reign of Zedekiah king of Judah, in the fourth year and in the fifth month, that Hananiah, the son of Azur, the prophet who was <laughs> from Gibeon. Oh, that explains everything. Gibeon? What do you mean? Oh, about five miles outside of Jerusalem, notorious for deception. We just talked about this in an update a couple weeks ago. Remember the Gibeonites deceived Joshua because they didn't want to be the next on the menu because there was a covenant that they could not make with the neighboring peoples close in proximity, and Gibeon knew it. And they had already taken Jericho and Ai, and they knew they were next. So what do they do? Talk about going against the Word of God. They uh, put on uh, slippers, all bus up, making it look like they journeyed for a long, long time from a land far, far away. And they got moldy bread, and they got wine skins that were all torn, and they show up five miles away. And they're Gibeonites. And here's Joshua going, uh, who are you? Oh, we're from a land far, far away. Look at our slippers. Look at them bread. When we left, it was fresh, all hot out of the oven. Mwah! Now it's all moldy and old. Such a long journey from so far away. These wineskins, oh man, they're all torn and bust up. They were brand spanking new when we left. 
And what does Joshua do? He samples their provisions, but does not inquire of the Lord. And he makes a covenant with them, only to realize he's been deceived. We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. The book of Jeremiah is one of those books that's not the easiest to walk through in the Old Testament. It's almost like you see the train wreck that's up ahead and you want to warn them, but they just don't listen. Then you have other verses in this book that are commonly claimed, but what does it really mean in the context of what's going on? Jeremiah 29 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. But if you're looking at the train wreck up ahead, you wonder, how does claiming that verse fit with exile and judgment? Ultimately, God's plan and purpose are to bring people back to himself in reliance and dependence on him, not in their own possessions or their comfort. The same could be said for you today. You may be going through something that seems like judgment or exile, but are you drawing closer to the Lord in the process? There's a future and a hope, but it may play out differently than you'd like. If you're just getting into this study and want to listen to other teachings from Jeremiah, go to calvarychapelkaneohe.com to find these messages. There are a variety of additional resources on our website. Until we meet again, we encourage you to dive deep into God's Word and then come back for our next edition where Pastor J.D. will continue on in the book of Jeremiah. We look forward to that time with you here on In Spirit and Truth.